Hi, this is Paul Kelly, your host for the Medical Illustration Podcast. I'm a professional medical illustrator living and working in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I'm going to take a departure from my regular series of interviews this month and talk about a few issues that have come up in my social media feeds recently. Now, to be honest, these are ongoing challenges for the field of medical illustration. So even though this has been prompted by recent events, the material I cover on this episode will probably not get dated anytime soon. What I'm referring to is this concept of ownership. Ownership comes in many forms, but for me, a big part of it is the angle of taking responsibility for what I get wrong, becoming allergic to making excuses, not pointing blame elsewhere, but instead always looking for and implementing solutions to whatever challenges I'm presented with. Ownership is doing the work, putting in the time, giving extra effort, and trying to make the lives of all the people around me easier. If there's one thing I've learned from working in the medical illustration field over the past 10 years, it's that success is often tied with this idea of ownership. Ownership of an idea and its execution. Ownership of one's craft and process. Ownership of one's creations and one's conduct. Now, I want to point out, I'm not going to focus on anyone else's mistakes here. That would kind of go counter to the entire message of this episode. Um, I'm instead going to throw myself under the bus here and talk about a big mistake that I made one time and what I learned from it. Because, look, we all make mistakes. Nobody's perfect. What's important is that we learn from our mistakes, identify and implement a solution, and then move on. Yeah, I made a pretty bad mistake when I was first entering the profession. In my grad school portfolio, uh, I was trying to come up with some images to, you know, make it feel complete. I wanted to show that I had an effective range. So I had covered, you know, this topic, that topic. I, I felt like it was missing something. Um, you know, there wasn't enough, uh, you know, biology or natural science kind of illustration. So I was looking for, you know, an idea and uh, I saw an image in a natural science textbook. Uh, it was of a tree trunk, and it was depicting, you know, the flow of water through the bark, you know, how the internal physiology of a tree worked. And I thought, and I thought, okay, well, let me see if I can understand this. You know, it was a pretty cool illustration, pretty simple, approachable. I could see the logic and how it was working, you know, nice layout, semi-realistic tree rendering, some aero graphic elements. So... I made a study of it. You know, I copied on my sketchbook. I kind of drew out what I saw there, um, you know, looking carefully at the reference and trying to capture it as close as I could to what I saw. And to be honest, I like I didn't think this was stealing at all. I just thought, you know, oh, I'm looking at a reference and I'm creating an image from a reference. I mean, at the time, I ju you know, I just thought, well, this is a skill I want and this this must be how you learn the skill. Right. So. My first grad school interview was at the Medical College of Georgia. And when I was meeting with the medical illustration department for my grad application, you know, I was meeting with the professors and we were going over my portfolio piece by piece. And we came up onto that tree illustration. And like the tone in the room actually like changed. I can almost feel it. Um, and one of the professors, uh, Mr. Steve Harrison, started to, you know, verbalize his analysis, 
you know, if you've never met Steve Harrison, he is the epitome of the Southern gentleman. He makes you want to use your best manners. That's that's a great way of describing Steve Harrison. And he's he's talking about the illustration. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's a great concept. He even shared a mnemonic. He's like, I remember when I learned this stuff, you know, xylem up and flow them down. Right. And uh, and then he kind of turns to me and he says in a slightly uh, louder voice, but only slightly. Uh, and. You would never copy another artist's work, would you? And I said, oh, oh of course not. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we both knew what, what, what he was saying there. Um, you know, I have, and, th- and that was that, you know, we kind of just moved on from there. I have a distinct memory of just, you know, feeling pretty embarrassed. Um, but, you know, I, I understood what he was saying. The conversation moved on to other things. Um, but, you know, I'll never forget that moment because he wasn't condescending. He wasn't vicious. Uh, you know, it's stern, but it was, you know, clearly a call out. Um, but he said it in a way to give me a little out. You know, he get, he let me save face. Now, ironically, it was in the same conversation a little bit later that I had one of my earliest victories in, in the field as well. At a different point in this in the interview, one of the profs asked me, so if you don't get accepted into any of the programs you're applying to, uh, what are you going to do? You know, what's your plan? And I didn't really have to think about that much at all. I mean, almost instantly I just responded with, uh, oh, well, you know, I just keep working on my portfolio and get ready to apply again next year. And that response was met with grins and nods from across the room. So I'm pretty sure that was the right answer. There's a few take-home messages here from this you know, little anecdote. The first is there were rules and expectations that I wasn't totally aware of. In the book Mastery by Robert Greene, the author talks about how the early stages of entering a discipline, one of the, the keys is observation. You know, look and listen and get to know the rules of the game. Accept that you're a rookie and you aren't going to go in there and lead when you don't even know the lay of the land yet. The next obvious lesson here is the importance of being original and authentic in your work. This means doing research on a topic, you know, read several sources, collect many reference images, because as a medical or scientific illustrator, I need to know the science behind what I'm trying to convey. I need to read and look and study and build a mental image of the visual asset I want to create in my head first and then sit down and then create my image after I've formed an intent or a goal in my head already. You know, I want to make an amalgamation of all the information, all the things I've picked up. I want to find these common elements. I want to figure out what can, what can I break down and simplify. I want to, you know, share with my audience a visual shortcut to all the knowledge that I've gained by learning a subject thoroughly. And that I think is the sort of the key in what we want to do in our work is the difference between making something original and genuine is that you're doing the heavy lifting for your audience. So if you go like I did, you know, and copy an illustration from someone else and present that as like, oh, well, this is my take on it. Well, you haven't done any of the heavy lifting of figuring out how to present this idea. We'll circle back to this. But the last lesson I want to share from this story is that recovery is key. You know, try not to let fumbles derail you completely into giving up. 
Mistakes and failures are steps towards success. This can be really hard to accept for a lot of people, myself included, but you have to fail. You have to. I've learned that it's how well I can accept failure and pivot to a solution that is going to define how people will evaluate me, not the failure itself. I have failed many times in my career. Honestly, it feels like it's kind of inevitable, but where ownership comes in is whenever I immediately accepted fault and pivoted to a solution, the outcome was better for me and everyone else involved. So perfect example in that story, as you could tell as I was retelling it, I was even starting to slip into a little excuse making, sort of explaining away, you know, what my thought process was at the time and why I, you know, was just ignorant to what I should have done. Well, you know, maybe I should have known better. I, I should have kind of sat and thought about what I was doing and maybe done some more research and figured out, you know, what is the process other artists use when they create images like the one I want to emulate. So the idea here being that, you know, yes, recovery is key. Recovery in the moment would have been even better if in that exact moment of being called out, I said, oh, yep, I did do that. It's wrong. Okay, not going to do that again. This idea of ownership in this sense, you know, it's something that takes practice. But the faster you can implement it, the more effective it's going to be for you. Tied very closely with this concept of ownership is the concept of authenticity. There's a digital creator I'm a big fan of. In fact, his podcast was partially the inspiration for this one. His name is Ash Thorpe, and his podcast is called The Collective Podcast. You should definitely check it out if you want to learn more about CG art. Ash is a big proponent of authenticity, and he talks about it a lot. The idea of being authentic in your work is, at its core, I think, being honest. Being honest with your audience and with yourself. When you're making medical and scientific images, the very nature of the subject carries with it an expectation of accuracy. People need to know that what they're looking at is conveying truth to them. This is an important distinction to be made between medical illustration work and other visualization markets where digital tools are used. In medical illustration, part of what I'm trying to achieve is accuracy, and towards that end, being able to explain every production decision and how that was tied to a reference or a source. The data, where did this come from? I can and should expect to be called upon to explain my work and how I came up with the results. My ability to articulate my visual problem solving has often determined my success. In order for your audience to experience truth in what you've made, you need to make it truthfully. You need to build from scratch whenever possible. Now, this is tough because so often these days people do use stock models or stock images to photo bash. You know, we have digital libraries of assets to use. But what I mean by you need to build from scratch is you need to have built something to a high level of refinement from scratch at least a few times to understand how things are made. You have to have that skill set. If you want to utilize stock assets, you know, that, that's cool. I know we all have deadlines, but you should know how each of those stock assets was built and you should be capable of making something comparable if the stock assets weren't available to you. And, you know, that might sound crazy, but I don't think it's crazy because, I mean, a lot of times when we're talking about stock assets, it's actually more in the 3D workflows, you know, like 3D stock models or, or materials or shaders. But in 2D illustration work, 
you don't really see people pulling from stock uh, a whole lot to make something larger. If, if they need to, you know, show an abdominal uh, anatomy, they're not going to grab like a kidney here and a liver there. They're going to draw the whole thing. Or you're going to use stock images from your own library. And that's really the most appropriate way to be using stock images in, in a new illustration is you pull from images you've made in the past. We're going to talk about uh, that a bit more in a second. But, you know, I think if you're going to use stock assets, there is a higher bar of quality that you're expected to achieve. You add, tweak, and refine your image or your asset based on a logical decision-making process that's informed by research, expert testimony, and firsthand experience. Your final product needs to be discernibly different and distinct from what you started with. You know, you have to take it to the next level. A term in medical illustration we'll use often is transformative. You know, the new piece has to be transformative. It has to stand on its own and offer something above and beyond what the starting assets could offer. You need to be able to articulate what this next level is, you know, how you got there and why you took it there. You really need to own the process. I might even go so far as to say if you're going to use stock assets to create something new, the amount of time and effort you spend into the new piece should exceed the amount of time that was taken to create the stock assets you're drawing from. I think that's fair. But getting back to authenticity, you know, this also speaks to an attribute of one's work that a lot of people stress about in the start of their careers, and this is style. So many illustrators stress about their style. And, you know, I get why. You know, your style is your authentic voice. It's your mark. But honestly, for me, it's never been much of a concern. Now, I'm not trying to boast. I don't think I have, like, some incredible, unique style. But I think I have a recognizable style. When I say I don't worry about it, it's because I once got a really great piece of advice about style. Uh, in high school, one of my artist friends whose style I still think is amazing and I've always aspired to be uh, as good and as unique and distinct as his style, he told me, you know, style comes from all your mistakes. Your style is the accumulation of your individual solutions you invented to all the challenges an artist faces. I love that. Authenticity is not just a matter of pride or integrity. You can become successful or famous or make good money even without having integrity or taking pride in your work, but authenticity by its nature can't be faked. Truly authentic work is necessary if you want to distinguish yourself in a competitive market. Individual style, unique and original presentation, that's what's required to set you apart from your competition. So in that sense, authenticity isn't just a nice to have, authenticity is a must have. Now, the last thing I'll say about authenticity is that it's not just about your work. It's also about how you interact with other people. Nobody likes it when someone, you know, says one thing and then goes and does the total opposite, right? Every human culture has a unique way of discouraging this kind of behavior. The better you can stick to say what you mean and do what you say, well, the more respect you're going to receive from those around you and ultimately the more effective you're going to be in your pursuits. Now, I am definitely not perfect at this. I falter all the time. But, you know, I do try to be authentic. I try to, you know, be authentic always in my work and in my interactions. Sometimes I mess up. You know, we all do. But 
think what's important is that we keep trying. Ownership and authenticity are also closely associated with professionalism. So what is professionalism? For the medical illustrator, I think this means being accurate in your work. I would say that this is probably the number one most important thing for medical illustration because our work takes so long to do when we're being genuine and thorough. I mean, it can last for decades or even centuries if it's useful enough. It literally is used as a resource in the pursuit of saving lives. There's a lot at stake here. If you want to make work that will be of genuine value to science, you have to be well-versed in science. So well-versed, in fact, that you can speak on the same level as researchers and clinicians, the people who are at the limits of human knowledge on a particular subject. To be a professional medical illustrator, you have to be willing to do a lot of reading. For me, professionalism for the medical illustrator means I'm razor sharp in my art skills. I aspire to hang with the best of what I see in my social media feeds. I put in extra time outside of my regular work hours to get better at my craft. The tendency to experiment and strengthen art fundamentals are what I often observe in medical illustrators I consider to be the most professional. Professionalism means I have to be on top of the business side of the game as well. This means that I can communicate and even educate my peers on the language used in legal contracts. If I don't have a grasp on the business side of things, I think it greatly increases the probability I'm going to be underpaid. Are you okay with being paid less? I'd rather not be, so I have no excuse not to learn the systems that govern my income stream, and that's business. Of particular concern to the professional visual artist is understanding the legalese behind contracts, how you formulate a proper written agreement with terms and conditions. There is an unfortunate but common habit for people to want to forego these steps in an effort to be cool, laid back, informal, but whether you like it or not, or regardless about how it makes you feel, if you're exchanging goods and services for money, you're engaged in a formal relationship. And if that formality is not expressed in writing, then it can easily shift and cause problems in the relationship. So taking ownership over the business end of my work is vital to professionalism because it ensures that I can produce my best work, unencumbered by misunderstandings and with a process that is designed to produce the best end result for everyone involved. You owe it to yourself and everyone connected to you to be successful and in the most scrupulous way possible so as to ensure further success. Ultimately, what I'm hoping to get across in this idea is that even when situations don't pan out as expected, whether it was directly your fault or not, ownership means stepping up and figuring out how you can help to work towards a solution and move things forward. Now, ownership can also mean, in a much more literal sense, owning your work, and legally this translates into copyright. Now, I'm not an expert on this topic, but I wanted to share a few of the core concepts when it comes to ownership of medical and scientific artwork. Disclaimer here, this is intended to notify and educate my audience. It's not legal or professional advice or guidance. If you have a question or concern about the nuances of legal copyright, I'd encourage you to do some further reading and I'll provide some links in the show notes for that. If you have a situation you need help with, please consult an attorney who specializes in copyright law. So from the Association of Medical Illustrators website, Quote, when an artist creates a drawing, painting, sculpture, 
animation or any of the myriad of other forms of visual communication may take, it is the tangible expression of an idea. Artwork is intellectual property in the same way as words or music. Intellectual property is protected by a body of copyright law reserving to the creator certain rights and privileges designed to encourage further creativity by rewarding that creator financially, end quote. Now, further down the page, quote, the rights that the artist as the creator possesses upon creation of a piece of work and that are confirmed by the registration of the copyright with the Copyright Office are stated by the law as follows. The owner of a copyright has the exclusive rights to reproduce the work, sell and distribute the work, prepare derivative works, and perform the work publicly. End quote. So, in the United States and Canada at least, whenever you create a drawing, painting, image, or visual piece of work, copyright is inferred. You claim it by signing your name on the image, though to be really official, it needs to be in the format of the little C with a circle, the copyright symbol, uh, the year, and then your full name. And you can add credentials as well if you want. Now, by attaching this little tag of text to the image, you are claiming ownership and copyright of the image. And then by registering your copyright with the Copyright Office of the country you reside in, you are also granted further legal protections. You can enforce this in court should someone else take and use the image without your permission, but it's worth noting that registering copyright is not required, nor is even signing the image. If you can prove you are the original creator, you can technically win a legal case if your art is stolen and used without your permission, but clearly it's going to help your case quite a bit if your uh, name appears on the original image. And it's going to strengthen your case considerably if you've formatted it correctly with the copyright symbol and the year of the creation, and then even stronger still if it's registered. Now, yes, there are fees to registering your work, but the difference in the amount of money you can win from a court case is considerable. The legal benefits copyright ownership provides are absolutely essential for independent medical illustrators and medical illustration companies to function and survive in the competitive markets in which they operate. These benefits include, but are not limited to, reuse or repurposing of a piece of work, distributing it, publishing it, and control and how it's presented to the world. There's a whole lot more to be said about copyright and image ownership, such as the limitations on copyright, exceptions, what does and does not constitute fair use, how all this gets worded in contracts, uh, metadata, how copyright law has changed over time, and what's currently being discussed in the U.S. Congress, international copyright, what the proper steps are to address infringement, it quickly falls outside of the realm of my expertise and experience, but I have contacted some professionals in the field to bring on as guests in the future who can discuss these issues in more detail. For the time being, I'm going to provide some links in the show notes, and rest assured, I'll make sure to focus on this in future episodes. So, while it might be a little confusing, it actually makes total sense to me that the word ownership can mean both ownership in terms of intellectual property and ownership as demonstrated by taking the lead and taking responsibility. In both ways, ownership means taking control of your work, the way you make it and the way you deliver it, the way the work is legally used and the way you own how it's being presented. 
making sure that the visual depictions are being presented within their originally intended context. Context is key. If your work is used without permission and parts of it are removed that change its meaning, people could misinterpret the science based on this misuse and then turn it around and blame you, the original creator, for the misperception. Ownership is also taking full responsibility for your professional activities. Never placing blame or pointing fingers when something goes wrong. You just say, yep, that was my bad. I screwed that up. Now here's how I'm going to fix it. All right, so that's it for this episode. It's a lot to cover and discuss. I just wanted to put some of these ideas out there for people to think about when it comes to the field of medical illustration. If you're new to the field, please don't feel overwhelmed. You know, you just keep trying and you learn. And if you have a story about where you took ownership of a situation, I'd love to hear how it went down. So feel free to comment on the show or shoot me an email. Likewise, if you have any feedback for me on what you'd like me to cover in future episodes or guests you'd like me to bring on, please let me know. Please subscribe if you haven't already. That way you'll get notified when I put up a new episode. If you found this valuable, please also consider sharing or posting to your social media feeds. I would definitely appreciate it. And the more traffic I get, the more messages I receive, then the better the future content is going to be for sure. So until next time, stay safe, my friends, stay healthy, and every day, own it. <laughs>